Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. You know, one thing we don't talk about a lot is relationships. Well, Why is that? I don't know. Because it's a topic you can only talk about so many times usually. Well, I was it's looking... It's been a while, though. I was looking at this this article um, on Medium. You know, I really, you know, I like to go on there and read. Mm-hmm. And... Because you're weird. There's this article called Seven Deadly Relationship Sins to Avoid at All Costs. You want to talk about that? Sure. Why not? So, all right. So let's talk about maybe it. Maybe somebody okay. will get murdered. <laughs> um, maybe. So the first one is lust. Okay. And what the article says is sexual desire is healthy within a relationship and arguably one of the declining connectors in intimate partnerships. With the exception of asexuality or other health-related limitations, most people revel in the lust they feel for their partners. However, lust can be misguided and even weaponized if you're in a monogamous relationship. Your sexual desire for your partner should be your primary focus. Don't succumb to the temptation of acting on any desires you may have for others. If there's something lacking in your sex life, it's your responsibility to communicate that to your partner and make every effort to improve it. If you do end up cheating, whether because you're unfulfilled at home or you simply can't say no, own up to it and don't blame your partner for your infidelity. Maybe try ethical non-monogamy in your next relationship if you need more sexual variety. What are your thoughts on that? Don't lust after other people. That's pretty logical. As a deadly sin for a relationship. Well... It actually doesn't say don't lust after other people. Well, yes, it does. It says it says focus your attention on your partner. Don't cheat. It says don't succumb to the temptation of acting on any desires you may have for others. It doesn't say it's wrong to have desires for others. And that's what I'm asking you. What do you think about that? Okay. I, I, I took it a different way than you. So interesting. Well, I didn't take it anyway. I'm reading what it says. It says that acting on the desires, which to me, doesn't that infer that you can have the desires? You just shouldn't act on the desires. That's what I said. Don't cheat. Okay. But do you agree that it's okay to have those desires for somebody else? According to this article? Not particularly. I don't think it is either. I think that if, you know, if you have a friendship with somebody, be it real or virtual, Mm -hmm. and it's getting to the point where in your head, you're thinking about them in that way all the time, you should probably end that friendship if you value your relationship. 
Well, yeah, because it'll eventually go in a way that you don't want it to. But well, of course, or you do, whichever. Of course, as we've discussed in the past, it depends on the couple, and every couple has a different, you know, situation. And of course, that's why they talk about ethical non-monogamy, which is, of course, you know, like open relationships and whatever. So the next one is gluttony. And it says, though often used in the context of dietary matters, gluttony also speaks to being habitually excessive in your behaviors. One way this shows up in a relationship is in what we now consider to be toxic behaviors, like being controlling, possessive, and demanding. Wanting to monitor your partner's behaviors online, over-the-top reactions to them receiving compliments from others, and making demands on their time are all behaviors to avoid. It also looks like being fiscally irresponsible just to put up a good front and convince people your relationship is better than it seems. Expensive trips, lavish gifts, and overspending isn't a good look for people living paycheck to paycheck. So, who are you trying to impress? Don't let doing it for the gram leave you broke, busted, and miserable with each other. Who do you who who comes to mind when you think of the the first part about being toxic, controlling, possessive, demanding, wanting to monitor your partner's behaviors, over the top reaction to them receiving compliments? Don't you think of that Lisa from the 90 Day Fiance? Actually, I think of that dude that we can't name that ran for office and now is in jail. Mm, yeah. That's true. I just think. So I went way more extreme than you, but. Well, but I think what's interesting. I see it in Lisa too. Is thing topics like this can really be broken down into something we've talked about before as well, which is extremes are bad. Well, yeah. To either direction. Uh huh. So like. We talk about that a lot. Like. Obviously, overspending when you don't have the money, stuff like that is just dumb and it's going to kill a relationship. Being controlling will kill a relationship. Having someone looking over your shoulder all the time when you don't deserve it will kill a relationship. So the next one they come up with is pride. It says pride is tricky because in some ways having pride in oneself is a good motivator and confidence boost. There's nothing wrong with being proud of yourself and your partner, your accomplishments and the people you've become. The problem is when you become so proud that you're unable to be vulnerable with your partner or open up to them when you're struggling and need support. I admit that this is my greatest sin and why I wrestle with intimacy even at my big age. If you're too proud to open yourself up to the person you're committed to spending a significant amount of time with, maybe it's time to admit that you're better off alone. And I think that one makes sense too. So far they've all been very obvious. Well, and I think... For that one, for the pride one, it makes sense because, you know, like our discussion that we had recently, I was able to open up to you and tell you how I was feeling. Uh-huh. Not only about our situation or anything like that, but also about me and what was going on with me. And, you know, I was thinking about this and it's like, you hear it a lot from therapists about being vulnerable in your relationship and how important it is. But you also hear like when people talk about respect and you say, oh, respect is earned. Uh-huh. I kind of think vulnerability is earned as well. Like you want me to be vulnerable with you? You've got to react correctly when I am vulnerable with you. You can't laugh at me. You know, you can't make fun of it. You can't joke about it. Because why would I want to be vulnerable with you? If I say to you, man, I've been so depressed lately, and you're like, well, that's stupid. You've got nothing to be depressed about. 
why would I want to ever tell you again that I was feeling that way? Right. And so I think you earn the vulnerability, but I think that it's one of those things where if you want to have a healthy relationship, you go into it being vulnerable. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, you can't go into it being like in a brick brick box that you never plan on leaving. Then the other person has to respond in a positive way to that or you'll slowly pull back on it. As you should. I think that's you one shouldn't of the You should be with somebody who can't Yeah. react appropriately to when you're vulnerable with them. I think it's one of the ways in which you start a relationship, but then the other person ruins the relationship because without vulnerability i mean like it says you might be better off alone i mean if you can't be vulnerable with somebody why are you in a relationship yeah it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me i mean at that point you could just go find a friend with benefits because that's all your relationship really is basically yeah and then they say sloth sloth or laziness is the silent relationship killer when you get comfortably situated in your relationship it's easy to slack off and become lazy with the effort you initially put forth to attract them and connect with them. Relationships take work. You have to work on sustaining a loving, healthy relationship every single day. You don't have to be grandiose in your gestures. The little things really do matter. The minute, the minute, sorry, you become settled into doing less and letting the relationship drag on is the minute you've delivered its death sentence. Show up. Show effort, show your lover you still care enough to devote the loving energy they deserve from you. Well, that's a common one that men complain about and women complain about. That, wow, when we were dating, he used to do this for me and he used to do that for me. And now he doesn't. And yeah. you know that I'm a big believer in the little gestures, small things. Like, you know... How hard is it if you're at the grocery store and you look down and you're checking out and you're like, oh, that's my husband's favorite candy bar. Let me buy him one and surprise him. Like, how hard is that? But yet those little things like that mean so much. Right. Because all, all you have to do is take the second to show the person that you were thinking about them. And we tend to do that when we first start a relationship. But it's true. With a lot of people, it falls off and that's the problem you makes sense why it would kill your relationship too because when you stop showing the person you're thinking about them why the fuck should they care about you if you're not thinking about them ever then they're gonna get all frosty at best well that's why actions speak louder than words is one of my favorite terms because mm -hmm. it's really true like like we've used the example many times on this show you can tell somebody till you're blue in the face that you love them but if all you ever do is come home and beat the hell out of them, how much do you really love them? Right. So the next one is greed. Greed has no place in any relationship. The best relationships are guided by a give and take approach where each partner contributes as much as receive. Reciprocity is so important to maintaining healthy relationships that when greed shows up, it becomes one of the quickest ways to extinguish the fire between you. Greed and selfishness often go hand in hand. So beware of people who make everything about them while offering nothing in return. Your partner should pour into you as much as you pour into them. As a good friend of mine always says, be a fountain, not a drain. 
That one's an interesting one. It's the same thing we talk about all the time, though. That you think more about what I want, and I think more about what you want, slash need. And that's exactly what that one's talking about. Yeah, it's giving to the other person. Because I think, like, you know, every relationship has its ebbs and flows. And, you know, for... 99% of our relationship, I think we've been really good at thinking about what the other person is needing and then trying to give that to them. Right. And the times, though, when that doesn't happen, that's when you have fights, arguments, constantly. Right. And that's never, that just causes all the other problems. Because it makes you feel, (laughs) like it says, you're drained. Like, you know what? You're, you're exhausted from dealing with the other person taking from you all the time and never giving anything back. I mean, wives complain about husbands that never lift a hand around the house to help them. Same thing. Yeah. Well, exactly. If you're the one person that had to do the thing all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. if you're always the person who has to do all of the cleaning in the entire house and nobody ever helps then the other people are being greedy of your willingness to do it. Or even put it another way, people oftentimes in relationships, they divvy up the responsibilities. Uh And so if my responsibility is cleaning the whole house and every time I do it, you let leave your stuff everywhere and you have no respect for the fact that I spent time and effort. Right. That's a problem. Yeah, because that it, it all all of these seem to go back to how much you value the other person. You know, like you're not going to cheat on somebody if you truly value them. For instance, you know, you're not going to be you're not going to be um, lazy if you truly value the other person. Right. You're not going to be like you know um, overly prideful and selfish if you care about the other person. Was that all seven of them? No. Oh, okay. I'm just pointing out how they, they right. all kind of relate to caring about the other person. So the next one is wrath. And it says the moment you begin plotting revenge on your lover is the moment you have lost your relationship forever. Yes. People hurt each other in relationships. And if the love is strong, they try to work through their problems. Seeking to hurt your partner because they hurt you first is as toxic a behavior as one can imagine. There is no one. There is no get back when you're working on building a healthy, sustainable relationship. So let that go. If she cheated on you, you're not going to repair the relationship by cheating on her with her best friend. And if you even consider it, you've got more problems than you know. Well, that one I was makes sense say, too. Before you even got to the example there, I was like, that's like people who cheat because they were cheated on. If you've gotten to the point where you're going to cheat because you've been cheated on, just end your relationship already. Yeah, and you know, A lot of people try to justify that kind of scenario, but here's the deal. If your partner cheats and you choose to stick around and try and work out the relationship, then you need to stick around and work out the relationship. Right. Like I've been there in relationships. And when you make that choice to stick it out, you got to do your best. You can't treat the other person like they're a criminal. You can't constantly be looking over their shoulder. You just have to, Try to work out the relationship. Makes sense. So the next one is wrath. Nope, just that was read wrath. wrath. Envy. <laughs> Probably the most relatable issue in the social media era is envy. 
with every post tagged hashtag relationship goals and every couple showing only their highlight reel. Right. It's easy to fall into a negative space where jealousy and envy take over. You want to go to Bali with Bay, but y'all y'all can barely afford Burger King on Thursday night. You wish your body looked more like the dudes she is liking on Instagram. You want to wear matching old navy pajamas with your children and post pictures on Facebook Christmas morning, but he doesn't want children for another five years. When you spend more time being envious and coveting what others have in their relationships, you lose sight of what you already have right in front of you. Remember why you chose your person and focus on what about them brings you to the great the greatest joy instead of wishing they were more like the couple of social media who's secretly living apart and really only speak for the sponsored pet food ambassador photos uh, with them and the dogs for relationships to be successful you have to do the work to maintain them a successful relationship is loving supportive fulfilling enjoyable and healthy all relationships have their ups and downs, of course, but one key to relationship success is open communication about how each partner can have their needs met and give of themselves to meet the needs of their lovers. When you indulge in these sins, you set yourself up for failure and can do serious harm to someone you love. And her name is um, Feminista Jones, <laughs> who wrote this article. But like, What's her real first name? I have no idea what her real first name is. I don't know her personally. I just asked what you thought. I don't think that's her real first name, no. But envy's a good one. You know, if you're if you're envious of your friend's hus- ha- ha- friend and how she has this husband, why are you with your husband? Yeah, makes sense. Um, and no person, no human being deserves to be continually compared to other people. I also think that's a thing that if it's done in excess is a problem, not something that's, huh, I really wish we could go to Bali too bad. Like you're clearly jealous in that moment, but stewing in that jealousy for a hundred million years is where the problem is. Well, like the example of, you know, you want to look like the guys that she's liking on Instagram. Well, you know, maybe you don't, I mean, it's okay. Everybody has like varying tastes and what they find attractive and what they don't find attractive. And I think it kind of goes back to all the other things though. Like if you're making your partner feel comfortable and you're making them feel safe in the relationship and you're letting them know how much they mean to you, things like that shrink down in size of how important they are. Right. But if you're not, then you're thinking, oh, gee, look, she's looking at men with six-pack abs. I'll never have six-pack abs. She's ne- she doesn't really want me. And that's because other issues in your relationship lead you to that point. Yeah, that's a bandwagon I could jump on. And I think, conversely... When you show your partner that you that they're important to you by doing the little things like buying his favorite candy bar when you're at the grocery store just because or sending flowers just because, you know, like I used to think that these flower subscription services were stupid until I started thinking about what it really meant. And there's like a bigger to me, there's a bigger tell there. And the bigger tell is. I know you like flowers. Mm-hmm. I know you appreciate getting flowers. And so I am going to invest into your happiness and 
pay for flowers for you on a monthly basis. And the only way you're going to make sure that that happens is on a subscription. Because right. let's be real. The first month you're going to do it. The second month you're going to do it. The third month is going to become a little bit later. Then the fourth month a little bit later. Then by the fifth month, ah, I'm too busy. So I didn't do it this month. And then maybe I don't do it the sixth month. But when you have a company just sending you the flowers and sending you the flowers and sending you the flowers, it's nice. It becomes something. Then it becomes something your partner can look forward to. Well, and you could also, if you don't want them to be able to look forward to and you want them to just be surprised, you just don't let slip that it's a subscription that's coming to them every month and just let them think that you're getting them flowers every month. You could. Yeah. You could. I don't feel like that's a detail you have to share. But like, like, <laughs> like you came to me with that basic man subscription, you know, and what I really kind of liked about that was you thought about something that would fit my style and personality. Uh-huh. You didn't bring me something that was like, oh, Eye it's clips? too too dressy or, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, that's why that one that I tried when we were in Arizona and I ordered it while we were having breakfast that morning. That's why that didn't work out for me because... It was too socks, formal for you. Socks and a tie and like some piece of jewelry. Mm, that's not me. Right. Doesn't fit me. It didn't excite me to see the box come. But a cool colored pair of socks and an ultra soft t-shirt. Those yeah. are your kind of thing. You yeah. like funky socks and you have you are always almost always wearing a t-shirt or a polo. And who doesn't love a soft t-shirt when they're a t-shirt? Well, and that's just it. And your encouragement of like having me check it out you're like you even said well it's 50 percent off you might as well give it a try and if you like it keep it and if you don't like it Pay 10 whole dollars get a whole basic set of clothes it's kind of perfect yeah it's like it's like a good it's like a really good deal to you know do that but the point is you thought about me and you found me something that fit me and that meant a lot to me you know when you do stuff like that when and, i sent you a sausage box yeah i liked that you still have a turkey sausage. I know. I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> You've only reminded me 75 times. It's okay. I know I have a sausage in there. I will eat it one day, and then you will say, you still have a sausage in there, and I'm going to say, nope. Ate it already. That's right. But that's just, I think that that's the thing, is the little things are what shows your partner how important they are to you. But see, the other thing is not expecting something in return. You know, like I told you before, like I read that there was that movie called Fireproofed and I read the book. It was called, and the book was called like The Love Dare or something like that. And basically the book is supposed to be the diary that he was using in the movie. But what the thing tells him is like, you know, he's having problems with his wife and they're fighting all the time and he's worried that she's going to cheat on him and leave him. And so he talks to his dad and his dad gives him this handwritten journal, you know, that was passed down to him from his dad. And one of the first things in it is, you know, today you're going to find nothing negative about your partner. Okay. And then you don't say anything negative about your partner. Mm-hmm. 
Then the next day, you have something else you have to do, but you're supposed to continue not saying anything negative about your partner, and you build these building blocks of positivity. And the idea was, the stress was, okay, you're going to say nothing negative about your partner, even if they say negative things about you. And then the next day, you're going to buy, go and buy them their favorite coffee from Starbucks, but you're going to still say nothing negative about them. And you're not going to expect that the following day they reciprocate. You just keep doing the right things and doing the right things and doing the right things and expecting nothing in return. And when the other person sees you being selfless and caring about them, it softens them up towards you and makes them want to care more about you and show you the same type of um, behavior. And I think, and I think that goes a long, long, long way in a relationship. And I think you're right. I mean, it's why it's why we have a good relationship because I don't sit there and worry about what you're going to do for me. I worry about what I'm going to do for you. Right. And you know, no, I, I agree with you completely. It's like we talked about like the friend that I had where it was just he and um, me and the person I was with and we would go out to dinner and we would always just like, you know, he'd bring his girlfriend and we'd always just split the bill. Then after a while, she complained and said, well, sometimes you guys order more expensive things than us. Well, yeah, but obviously sometimes you order more expensive things than we do. And she insisted that we pay the exact amount. Right. So I started writing it down. In my, I, I used to carry a little book for keeping track of my ideas and like things that I had to do. I'd write it down in there and then I'd transfer it to my to-do list. Well, I started writing down. I kept a page where I would write down, here was the total. Here's how much it would be if we split it 50-50. And here's how much we actually each paid. Right. When we added it all up after like six months time, it was basically the same amount as if we had split it 50-50. Uh-huh. And so... That's the point. Like in a relationship, it might be 10 times in a row that I have to think about you first and think about you first and think about you first and think about you first. But there's going to come that time where you're going to do it two or three times in a row. Then I'm only going to do it once. Then you're going to do it four times in a row. And I'm only going to do it once. And eventually it evens out. Right. Because it's human nature. You know, there's times when you're going to have problems. There's times when I'm going to have problems. There's going to be times when you want to talk about things. There's going to be times when I want to talk about things. And if you keep score, now you're going back to that whole being selfish, being jealous, and it erodes the strength of the relationship, which is the, the base, right? The foundation. So you're just like, you're putting yourself in an extremely, um, Uncomfortable position. Uncomfortable position. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Uncomfortable position. And it's going and it will destroy any relationship. So I think it's an interesting article. Her name's kind of a joke. Um, but it's an interesting article. It was well written. I like how she did the takeoff on the seven deadly sins from the Bible and turned it into seven deadly relationship sins. Well, she even actually used the seven sins from the Bible. She didn't just make she up. She twisted her own them a little bit things. to make it work, but hey, you got to do that. Well, to she get used creative. the names for them, is what I meant. Yeah, you got creative. No, no, you're right. Yeah. But I'm just saying. But then she twisted them to kind of make them work. She kind of twisted her ideas to like fit them into those buckets. 
but you have to do that. You know, that's, that's being creative. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting topic. I think relationships are an interesting topic and that's something we might want to talk about a little bit more on this show is relationships, but I want to pitch something that's coming up here really soon. Um, in a couple more episodes, we have scheduled Jordan Harbinger, who you, who had one of the top podcasts in the world and then decided to walk away from it to restart his show in a different direction. And he's going to be on the nightly rant coming up here pretty soon. I'm pretty excited about it, though. Yeah, and he's he's a cool dude. I've learned a lot from that guy. Um, a lot from that guy. Like He's solid. So I'm really interested in seeing how well we all hit it off. That always determines the success or failure of a guest appearance. Oh, I know. It's how well you hit it off with them. <laughs> I mean... You can always tell how a guest appearance is going to go before you ever hit record. Right. And honestly... One of the things I've noticed about this show is because there's two of us, there's a higher probability that it'll go okay because there's a better chance that they're going to connect with at least one of us. When I do one-on-one shows, though, oh, boy. There's been a few times where if it didn't feel super rude, I would have said, you know what? I don't think we should go forward with this show. But I do it anyway. And anytime I ever listen back to one of those, I say to myself, "Mm, shouldn't have done this. So, um, there's only ever been one guest that we've had that neither of us connected with bonus points to the listener who can point out the show. Cause we published it anyway. Yeah. And on yeah. that happy note, good night, everyone. Hasta la bye bye. Bree. Thank you for listening to the nightly rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five star rating on Apple podcasts or Google play. If you didn't enjoy the show, Please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.